So uh, a few weeks ago, I was having lunch uh, with my dad, uh, down at McNally's downtown, and we go there and visit and have lunch from time to time. And uh, my dad's uh, also uh, a student of our family genealogy, so he's traced our roots way, way back, and a couple hundred years, and that. Uh, was part of our conversation that day and so after lunch he said uh, Danny why don't you uh, drive me out to see uh, the old homestead and so we, there, we, we used to have a farm our family uh, out on Beeth Road in Virgil and the house is still there the house that was built by our, our ancestors so we went out and looked at it. It's right there, you know, but sits around 40 feet back from the road. And it's part of this big farm there. It's the farmhouse that used to be ours. Uh, as my dad was talking about it, he said, you know, this house was built by your great, great, great grandfather uh, back uh, in the 1870s. And he said, you, your great, great, great grandfather, George Deutsch, uh, grew up in a village in Ernzen, Germany, which is just south of Cologne near Aachen on the Rhine. And when he came over to America, he, there were, it was at a time when there was a lot of uh, folks coming from Germany over here, and, and so there were a lot of people on the boat from Germany. There was some people from his village, and one of the people on the boat coming over when he came over in 1863 uh, was a, a young lady by the name of Anne Marie uh, Schilling and both from the same village. Uh, she was with her family, he was by himself, and so he kind of hung out with them and talked with them. But when they got to New York, to Ellis Island, George went his one way and Anne-Marie and her family went another way. And that was, that was the last they saw of each other for 10 years. 10 years later, George and Anne-Marie ran into each other in a tavern in Winfield, Illinois. All right, so, and over a beer, after a hard day of work, uh, they fell in love and got married there in Winfield at St. John the Baptist Catholic Church. And then George and Anne Marie moved out here uh, to Beath Road in Virgil, and they built that house, which is still there. Since the 1870s, that house, uh, that farm, 90 acres that, that he bought, uh, he let his family in Germany know that he was there, and the family then proceeded to move from Ernzen to Virgil. In addition to all the members of his family, extended family, that came over from Ernzen, uh, George and Anne Marie had 13 children there in that small little house. And so the family members from the various uh, places in Germany that would come would stay there for a while, get established by their own farms, but that was, that was the place. Now we lost the, uh, the farm uh, in the Depression. And so it was, uh, it was George and John. Uh, John's the one that lost it. George, my grandfather, my dad, and then my brothers and I uh, were sort of like the, that's the line. But it, what struck me today in doing the readings, it, it's, it's uh, in the Hebrews, Paul's telling us this great crowd of witnesses that cheers us on 
to achieve the victory of our inheritance, which is the gift of faith. This great crowd of witnesses are, are those who have gone before us, marked with the sign of faith, who have bequeathed to us this precious inheritance, this precious gift of our, of our Catholic faith. There's nothing better that we have received from those who have gone before us than the faith that we sit here right now in this church and celebrate. And so I'm standing there with my dad at that house on Beath Road, and he says, no, in the, the back 40 of that property abuts the cemetery of the church there in Virgil. So we went over and drove into the cemetery. It's one of those old country cemeteries surrounded by cornfields. Uh, but you go in there, and it's all my relatives. The, the cemetery is filled with Deutsches and Heistens and, and, and Schillings and these, these members of our family. These, these old tombstones, crooked, where the, the lettering is worn away and, and the marble, this white, beautiful marble is pitted and worn. And these are, these are the people that came here, did what they did, passed on the faith in such a way that now myself and my family, we, we, we continue to, to live it out and pass it on. I thought, without... George and Anne Marie running into each other in a tavern over a hundred years ago to have a beer, I wouldn't be here. Without their love for the faith that they gave to each other, I wouldn't be here. And neither would you. For the sake of you and yours and those members of your families who built their own story and lived their own lives in such a way with a, with a particular fervor and a particular fire and a particular joy to bring you to the place you are today. And now that then begs the question, what's your role? What's your story? How do you live your faith? How do you live your life in such a way that those a hundred years from now will say, they were the ones. They came. They did. They prayed. They offered. They sacrificed. They endured. They did what they were supposed to do. And so now, a hundred years from now, people will say, thank God for their faith. Thank God for the way they lived their faith. The great crowd of witnesses that's cheering us on to a particular victory. Cheering us on because the, the race that we're in is tough. They're in heaven, looking at Jesus, praying for you and I that we persevere. They're at this Mass. Did you know that? But the people who have gone before us who have given so much that we could be here are with us at this Mass. This Mass isn't just for you and I. Jesus, it says in the, in the, in the prayer here, uh, when we offer that prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, you said to us, I, I, I give you peace, my peace, I give you, look not in our sins, but on the faith of your church. What is the church? It's you, obviously. But it's the saints in heaven. And it's the souls in purgatory. And it's us, the church the church militant, the church triumphant, the church suffering, all of us together at this Mass celebrating the gift of faith that we pass on to each other. It's amazing. Living on our faith is tough. Jesus said so. What do you say? I've come to establish peace. But the vision, now does he want the vision? No. But he knows that if we live our faith, guess what? We're going to be challenged and houses will be divided. If we live our faith with a particular fire, 
in the Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, our faith will be a challenge to the world, to the culture, and to those who don't know or don't want to know Jesus. We will be a challenge, and we will be challenged. Not come for peace, but division, because that's, I know human nature, he says. I know you're going to suffer if you do your job. I know you're going to be challenged. And he doesn't say it's going to be your boss or somebody at school, although that's probably true. That's going to happen too. But what he's really getting at is that means by which he has chosen to, to, to build the kingdom, which is through the human family. He goes, your if you live your faith with that fire that I command you, it isn't just the world that's going to make you suffer. It's going to be your family. Your wife is going to give you a hard time. Your husband's going to give you a hard time. Your kids are definitely going to give you a hard time. And yet here we are, doing what we're supposed to do. House is divided. Because that's what happens when you live the gospel. Now in this age of Francis, who tells us, you meet people where they're at. We love to hear that. It means we don't have to challenge anything. I just meet them where they're at. I don't have to call, I don't have to do anything else. Wrong. Because the very next thing Francis says is you meet them where they're at so that it's to bring them to where Jesus wants them to be. How you live your faith meets people where they're at. How you live your faith in a particular way is going to, or not going to, get people where the Lord wants them to be. The Lord is using you to get people to where he wants them to be. And that's where the rub comes. That's where people get mad. That's where people tell us to be quiet. That's where people tell us to mind our own business. That's where maybe even some of you today, struggling in your own faith, or dealing with the difficult faith experience that you have with your own kids or, or your own spouse or your own family. Is it always easy to get your kids to Mass? No. I used to complain about it. But your job as a parent is not to acquiesce to the difficulties they present to you when you're doing your job, but to persevere in the running of the race which, for which we have the saints in heaven cheering us on to victory, that great crowd of witnesses, because that's how much rides on it. Don't let your kids give you a, well, they're going to give you a bad time regardless, but don't let their attitude prevent you from doing your job, which is to get them here and pray. Now, I also realize you've got to meet them where they're at to get them where the Lord wants them to be. So you, beating your kids over the head with the Bible saying, get to Mass or else, that's effective. It gets them there. <laughs> but does it keep them there? Does it convert them? The other part, in addition to just persevering and doing the hard work of raising your family in the faith and putting up with all the pushback you might get, is to live your faith with a fire and a joy that's so attractive that it overcomes any resistance. That even if your kids fall away or somebody you know falls away, through your joyful, fiery witness of the love of Jesus in your life and how it has made a, a it, it is the prism by which you see all things, it is, it is the, the compass by which you, you, you direct your life with joy and peace and impact 
and power that over time people will see that and say, I want that. Now your kids might leave for a while. I mean, I, had, I even had my period of time when I kind of took a, took a break from Mass. It lasted exactly three months until my, until my dad got on my case, right? That was my little mini rebellion. And, and so if we have that, but it's trusting in the Lord, using us, but using our joyful witness and the power of the Spirit to make up in our witness what we lack in our, in our own abilities or what we think are our abilities, the Lord's going to do it. He's going to bring it around. If you just do what you're supposed to do, the Lord is saying, you're going to persevere. And it's going to be a, a, a beautiful, powerful inheritance that you pass on. So don't be, if your kids are giving you a bad time or falling away, just keep praying them, praying them, praying them, praying them into the church and joyfully witness. It's only by your love that they're going to accept the gift of faith that you're offering. Only by your love. Yes, you might have to beat them over the head to get them to come once in a while. But it's, the, it's through your persevering day after day, week after week, year after year, with joy that Jesus makes a difference in your life. That's going to win them over in his own time. Amen? In his own time. So brothers and sisters, if... Here's an example. My, and I'll end it with this. All right. Here's an example. My, my family has their reunion every few years. My dad's side of the family. George and Anne Marie's side of the family. We all live in this area. And every few years we, we get together at Lions Park in Elbert at the pavilion there and we have our family reunion. And I pull up in my car and I get out and I look at my cousins and my aunts and uncles and my nieces and nephews all standing there and I'm thinking every, every sin under the sun is represented. <laughs> every, every commandment has been smashed. Right? Oh, the fertile ground, I think to myself. All this messiness. And, and then I take the mirror down from my face and I look at them. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, isn't this awesome? What George and Amory did. And even in the complexities and the mess and the sinfulness and the difficulties that, that family life presents. Two against two or three against two or mother and daughter, whatever. All that's, all that's going on. But here's the thing. I wade into that, into that sea of my family with love. I take them where they're at and I know that by my love for them, the Lord is going to use me and our mess to get us to heaven. To run the race. To achieve the victory. Isn't it true? The very things we think keep us from each other, keep us from love, are the very things that Jesus uses. Our sinfulness, our mess, our difficulties, our botched attempts, all the things we think we're not good at. Jesus enters into that in the Spirit and He consumes it all in the very thing we think keeps us being from effective disciples of the very things that Jesus uses to draw us together in love as a family of faith so we might pass it on to another generation of our children. Don't ever forget it. The very thing you think makes you ineffective, the Lord 
consumed by the Spirit and uses to help you and yours achieve the gift of faith. Don't ever get discouraged. Come Holy Spirit and kindle in us the fire of your love and we shall be recreated. Amen. Let's stand and pray. I believe in one God. Father.